Hey everyone, this is Brother Wayne Clemens. I just want to thank you for tuning in with us today and being part of the worship experience here at Potter's Hope. Also, I want to tell you that there's several different venues that you'll be able to get the message in the entirety if you'd like. They're either by podcast or either going to pottershope.com where you'll also be able to listen and watch uh, for any of those times. But also, I want to encourage you to be with us in person, 8.30 Central Time at Exit 124, right there at White Mills and the Eastview Exit right off the Western Kentucky Parkway. And then also on campus, Sunday mornings here at 135 Commerce Drive uh, at 10.30. Also, our Wednesday night services at 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. But anyway, God bless you. I hope this message just um, in this time of encouragement finds you doing awesome. Be encouraged and know that Jesus loves you. God bless. Come on, let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, let's go to the book of Jude. Let's go to the book of Jude, chapter 1, because there's only one chapter. Jude, chapter 1. I always want to encourage you to bring your Bible. says Jude the servant of Jesus Christ and the brother of James to them that are sanctified by God the Father preserved in Jesus Christ and called so sanctified preserved in Christ and called mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied beloved when I came or when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men that have crept in unaware, secretly, who were before of old ordained uh, to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 5, I will therefore put you in remembrance that you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. And the angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness, under the judgment of the great day, even as Sodom and Gomorrah, and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. All right, let's go to verse 17. But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you that there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, not having the spirit, but you, but you, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And if some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by flesh. 24, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we're so thankful tonight for your word, a life-giving word. God, a life-changing word tonight. I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you just you just begin to, to knock on every heart's door in this place. We ask that you would meddle with us, that you would contend with us, knowing that it's you, precious Holy Spirit. You're the one that is, that is bringing forth the holy in us that is in Christ preparing us for the day when we meet our Savior face to face. So Lord, tonight have your way. And God, I pray that you just usher in tonight, God, a steadfastness in this body like we've never even had before, that they, God, truly would be strengthened through the power of your name and who you are, building up that most holy faith. Thank you, Jesus. 
It's in your name. Amen and amen. Before you sit down, turn to somebody and say, well, have you been working out? You know, let me tell you something about life right now. Life right now, that if you're living, you, you happen to work out your faith. And the thing is, is that while you're working out your faith and you're working out your own salvation with fear and trembling like we were talking about last week, can I tell you something? Let's get the first part right. Let's make sure that our salvation is not built on man's promises or a preacher's handshake. Let's make sure tonight that the blood of Jesus has been applied to your life and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that nobody can take your salvation. Amen, somebody. Man, you've got to have that kind of faith in the day that we are living in because culture wants to steal it from you. I was just thinking this thought yesterday. I got happy at a funeral. It's just like what I do, though. And I got to thinking about this. You know, I was just thinking. I didn't, I didn't speak it yesterday. But the thought, I thought, man, let your life in Jesus be so big and let Jesus be so big in you that hell can't even get its jaws around you. Live your life and let your Jesus be so big and real and so bold that Satan will know who he's dealing with. How many of you know who you're serving tonight? Hallelujah. Well, listen, you know that others should know that. I'm thankful tonight that we are the light that he commanded us to be and we should be. And I'm thankful tonight that I'm no longer darkness, that he's called me out of that darkness into his marvelous light. Last week, man, we were getting fired up over these very things, man, and we were talking about how that Jesus was the one and only. Do you know that there's still no other name under heaven whereby men must be saved? Did you know tonight that there's no other foundation that any man can lay other than that which is in Jesus Christ? Listen, can I tell you something? Don't lay your foundation on John Hagee, on Joel Osteen. Listen, on Stephen Furtick, going to make people mad, or me. Can I tell you, lay your foundation on the very brick and mortar there at Calvary and the blood. And hallelujah, that way when hell comes after you, it won't be contending, contending with a man. It'll be contending with the Savior. The one that has overcome death, hell, and the grave. Jesus, the one and only. There'll never be another one like him. The one and only. The one and only. I'm thankful tonight because this is what I'm seeing in the time that we're living in right now. I'm going to get to scripture or back to the text here in just a moment. But today, can I tell you, it's becoming more clear every day who you serve. It's becoming more clear how God is separating a remnant out of a holy thread that he's spinning right now in the throne room. I'm talking about a remnant that is stronger than anything that this world... Listen, this is not time to be playing church. This is not the time to be playing church. This is the time where you got to know, man. I still believe that he could come... What if he came back tonight? Man. Would you be ready? Would you be ready? I don't know what the ratio or the percentage is of people in church that if the church, listen, that if the trumpet were to sound on a Sunday morning, I don't know how many people would be left behind, but this is what I know. Based on the book and based on the truth in the book, I believe that through that blood, I believe those that are saved by that blood, that when that trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ are going to rise first. Then we, which are alive and remain, are going to be caught up together. Amen. And we need to be ready. We need to be ready. Listen, if the Holy Spirit is bringing questions to your mind and you're questioning things like uh, it could be sin, it could be so many different things, it could be issues of forgiveness, it could be issues of hatred, envy, or jealousy. If you are pondering those things right now, that is the Holy Spirit preparing you to meet the bridegroom. So don't push it away. Don't push it away. Jude, man, I tell you what, I don't know where there's any, uh, where there's 25 verses with more punch. I don't know where there's any one chapter, one book in the Bible that has as much punch as Jude does to get people ready and to make you be aware of sin, you and I to be aware of the sin that is in our life. He says this, and this is the thing, guys, that we need to do. And I, I want to tell you, we, we talked about this Monday morning in the Bible study. We talked about guarding our heart. 
There's really a lot of things you need to guard. We, we, we started in on some gates Sunday. We were talking about that. We were talking about Nehemiah. We were talking about building the gates and all these things. We'll probably go back there Sunday. But here's the thing. is on this very thing. You, you need to guard the gate of your mind and of your heart. Because Satan, above anything else, wants your heart. He wants that. And he will work through any crevice or crack that you give him to try to steal away any of the joy. Listen, and maybe we're not here tonight to really say, can he steal my salvation? Can he do this? Can he do that? Can I tell you, stealing something is something coming in unaware. But if you open the door to him, the thing is, I want to tell you this. I'll tell you for sure what he wants to steal. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your future. He wants to do whatever he can to get you absolutely so lame in your mind that you can't function and be a vital part to the body of Christ in these last days. Can I read again what I said last Wednesday night? That listen, that we talk about this within church and that we said this very thing. Well, at least they're going to church. Remember I said, well, that's wrong. I said wrong because see, this is the problem is that we want happiness over holiness. You hear people saying, you're good, I'm good. Whatever is best for you instead of what's giving your best for Him. Churches that are built around preachers and not the presence of God that build their fame and not your faith. And here's the thing that I'm really stuck on, Stephen, and I really haven't pushed off of this. And when the Holy Spirit brings me back, is this is one of the main issues that I see today in the church, and maybe this one too. I'm asking the Holy Spirit, man, to shine His light. Can I tell you, before I tell him to shine it on the, on the pew, I want it to shine on the pulpit of my heart. One of the biggest issues today that we have, how many of you know this, that the Word of God says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. And then the Word said, old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Can I get an amen in the house? Well, see, this is the concept today. Listen. That listen, here, here's where we're at. Come as you are. Stay as you are. No, you cannot come into the holy presence of God and stay in sinful flesh like you used to be. When you come into the raw presence of God, I'll tell you, man, it'll melt you to the core. The closer I get to God, the more rotten I become. And that's really where we begin to understand Scripture. That there's none righteous, no, not one. That all of us have become, we're just like the unclean thing. That's the very thing. And the closer we get to Him, the more that we see that. The goal is attendance and not repentance. Fill the seat and forget the soul. Teach people how to live lost and die saved. Worship is more about the light show than the light shown to those that are in darkness. By the way, can we just take a little, let me just stop right here. How good was it Sunday to see a mama and a daughter get saved? How good was it right over in here to watch Kiston get saved? Praise God. I'm thankful for the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm thankful that the Holy Spirit is what I said, Bill. He will meddle with you. He will contend for that soul. Keep praying that he's content, that he keeps contending for souls. I am seeing such an unrest and an uneasiness now in people, and I love it. I love it. Because can I tell you, I believe that it's the Holy Ghost of God that has really given people an unrest and an uneasiness for us not to take our comfort in Zion. Well, I'm saved. I've been in the way 50 years. Yes, you have. How many of you are thankful tonight that you're in the way and it's the Jesus kind of way? Aren't you thankful for that tonight? Message have been, listen, I'm just reiterating again. Messages have become more about building self-confidence than being aware and being and understanding God consciousness. Do you know that when you leave church, God is still going with you? Do you know that what you're watching and you're, oh, Jesus is with me all the time. He's with me when I'm going through it. Yes, He is, but He's watching you when you're watching that. Oh, He's going to talk about my Netflix. He's going to talk about my binge watching. I ain't got to tell you nothing the Holy Ghost done told you. Huh? 
you got to think right now. Your audience is more than just you sitting there watching. Let me, oh, <laughs> y'all seen that old holiness guy coming out again. But that's exactly the way we're living. We're not God conscious. You leave puffed up rather than tore down. Let me tell you when God shows up, how it looks like, in, what it looks like in church. When, when God shows up, you, do, you don't say nothing when you leave. Because you don't know how to explain it. Explains in my dictionary. Because here's what, here's, what, here's what happens when God shows up. I never hear, Pastor, that was the greatest message. Uh-uh. When God shuts up, everybody's like, what just happened? When God shows up, you can't explain him. When he shows up, you don't leave puffed up. You leave torn down because you've experienced the holy. It was one of those services where you didn't file your nails, check your text messages in church. Oh, he's watching me. Yes, I am. I watch you nod off. And thank God I don't pay so much attention to you, I stop. (laughs) When God's in the room, People change. Mm. It's full of those. And this, you remember me saying this last week. Just, just, just going back real quick. It's full of people led by the Spirit. But which Spirit are they led by? Which Spirit are they led by? The house is full of service. It sounds like I'm really condemning, but I'm not. I'm just being real right now. Can I tell you that if judgment is going to begin, it's not going to begin on these sidewalks and these streets. If judgment begins, it will begin in the house of God. And that's the reason the Holy Ghost is taking names. Yeah, and there's plenty of service in the church. And listen, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to me. Servants and people full of the Holy full of the Spirit, but which Spirit and which a servant to what? The Word of God says, do you not realize, can we not see that whosoever or whatever that we yield our instruments to and what we obey, that's who we serve. We become a slave to that. Evidence of where we're at and what was going on, people denying the one and only, that very thing that we talked about. In verses... Five through seven, he gives, Jude gives three instances to where it should, it should, it should startle us, it should wake us up. And let me tell you this, it, it, the, the, the fact of the matter is this, is don't ever let your mindset be, Christian. Me too, me too. Don't ever let our mindset be that we take our grace for granted. And that grace is some kind of cloak of righteousness that tells me that I can wallow Jesus in the mud and take him down with me. I need to remind you and I both, I need to remind you that he went to the cross one time. One time. And there needs to be a realness within our soul, Mike, that we say, you know what? That when I sin, I don't want to... Hebrews 6, boy, has a lot of weight. I don't have time to teach it out tonight. It has a lot of weight. But can I tell you something? When you and I sin, we should say, well, that's covered by grace. Can I tell you? It should grieve us because it grieves the heart of God. Do you think I shout for joy when my kids foul up? One thing, Jake, I got to tell the story on you. Jake, my kids going to get stories told on them until I go home. I'll tell this. I don't know if some of y'all heard this. The thing is, is that my kids used to fight, man, and they'd fight, boy. I say fight, you know, him and him and Logan. Would, Jake was sneaky. Jake was like a little ninja. He'd wait behind a door to get Logan because Logan was bigger. He knows what I'm talking about. He would too. He'd crown him upside the head with a pillow, man. One day I'd come into the room, and, man, they just, I thought they were just getting ready to throw down on each other. They pushing. I said, what's going on? Oh, y'all come to find out it's about a shirt. I said, y'all fighting over a shirt? Y'all going to kill one another because you know how they get. I'm going to do this. I'm gonna... They was there. So y'all fighting over a shirt. Stand right here. Both of you right here. Wait till I get back. I went and got one of my shirts. I said, now y'all get face to face, close as you can. What are you doing, Dad? I said, do what I say. I took my shirt and shoved it down over both of them. 
same neck hole. I said, y'all want to wear the same shirt? Wear it. Oh, Dad, come on. They're like right here with each other, you know. I said, now you hate your brother? Oh. That wasn't the best part. I got to marry. We had a picture one in front of the house. There they are standing right there in front of that picture. And that Logan said, oh, Dad, somebody's coming. I don't think y'all fought over the same shirt much after that, did you? Guys, I'm going to tell you this. It grieved my heart when my kids would fight. I wonder how it's grieving the heart of God tonight as people all across this land that call themselves Christians are fighting over crazy things. And we all want to post something, but we forget the whipping post he was tied to. This is where we're at today. And it's time. Guys, listen, I'm going to tell you something. The church, the true church has only got one opportunity. And it's right now. America needs the church now more than it ever has. Can I get a hearty amen? More right now. I'm not talking about a flaky, weak church. I'm talking about a Bible-believing, blood-bought, devil-chasing church. I'm talking about the kind that's not built on the preacher, the praise team, or even a Sunday school class. I'm talking about the kind that is built on the Word of God. That when they leave church, they know that they've hid the Word of God in their heart so they wouldn't sin against Him, not just that they would upset the preacher or let something, no, that they would upset God, that it would grieve the heart of God. I know what I'm talking about. This is Building Faith 101. Everybody wants more of God, but boy, we just don't want to take less of ourselves. We sing that song, more of you and less of me. Let me move on. Let me move on. I know y'all think, come on, we Wednesday night people. Turn to somebody and say, he ain't letting you off the hook. He ain't letting you off the hook. And I ain't either. We all take this message. He ain't letting us off the hook. There's a warning here. The word of God says this, I will therefore, he says, Jesus says, I'm going to put you in remembrance though that you once knew this, how that the Lord having saved the people, say save the people. He saved them out of the land of Egypt. Now look what's coming next. Afterward destroyed them that believe not. We got a problem. But this is where you will find most people today. Now when I say this, once again, not condemning, But most people just want out of the situation that they're in. And they just want some relief and want temporary rescue instead of salvation. The Word of God says that he that endures just to the midpoint, you're going to be okay. The Word says that he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. Glory be to God. He ain't letting us off the hook. He ain't letting us off the hook. He said, I'm going to put you in remembrance that how I called them out and then I destroyed them. Now, did he destroy them or was there willful thing? Listen, this is what happens is that when people get rescued and they get that temporary relief and what happens is much like, much like the Israelites were, they forget God. Man, it wouldn't, it wouldn't two or three days journey. They start murmuring, start complaining. Start griping, all this stuff. You know what? Just could you imagine how it must hurt the heart of God? And I know many times I want to equate him the same way as we think and the thoughts like we have. But in my own mind, said, I know his ways are not my way. I understand they're much higher than mine. But the thing is, can you imagine how it would grieve God that people would come in and shout and get happy feet in church? And then no quicker than they get to the car. They're cursing their wife. Or no quicker than they get home. You got to tell me, does that person, I, I ain't here, 
I ain't here to put nobody in heaven or hell. But I'm telling you, we got a problem. We got a problem. So the word, when he says, I'm going to put you in remembrance, after then, destroyed them that believe not. They wandered 40 years. Only Joshua and Caleb, is that true? Only Joshua and Caleb made it out. That whole generation died. But only Joshua and Caleb, Joshua was a warrior, Jack. Caleb, the word of God said that he had that right spirit within him. He had that right spirit within him. They're the ones that seen the promises of God. I don't know what the ratio once again is about those people that, that, that come and that do this and they will. They do. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not saying. I, I just don't know. But this is what I do know. I do know this is that God did not plan just to bring you out of sin and not bring you into his promises. How many of you know that all God's promises are okay, maybe, possibly? No. All God's promises are yes. Yes and I believe that. So tonight, I'm going to let us off the hook. We can't do that. That if he did that for them, man, miraculous, after all of those plagues, all of that brought them out, man, broke, absolutely broke. Man, all of Pharaoh's agenda, man, parted the Red Sea, all of that. That's one instance. Turn to somebody and say, don't turn back. Another instance, and the angels which kept not their first estate. See, I'm telling you, this is real stuff here. This is the reason I'm telling you to press on, press through, keep going. Don't stop. Salvation, by the way, let me stop right here. The blood of Jesus is stronger than what we can imagine. The thing that I want to tell you about grace tonight is that grace and your life in Christ cannot be a light switch theology that you're saved one minute and lost the next. That will keep you in utter confusion and your mind will be a wreck. Jesus has the power to keep you. And no man is able to pluck you out of his hand. But this is the way that we balance Scripture. And to tell you, don't, to tell me, excuse me, that he tells me not to take my grace for granted. This blood cost me something. Now I know tonight I'm preaching to the choir. I understand that. But I've got to tell you, this is a warning today. This is a warning today. As he's preparing the remnant. He said, And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved an everlasting change under darkness, under the judgment of the great day. This is about your worship. Worship has got to be more. It's what happened with the angels. Remember, the Word of God would tell us in Revelation chapter 12, would allude to this point, that Satan took at least one-third of the angels with him. They chose to follow that worship leader. He was cast down. He was cast down out of the presence of God. Why was it? Because he wanted the glory. One thing that God absolutely detests and one thing that God is absolutely jealous of is one word, glory. And it's his glory. It's his. If you really, if we want to put God in a space, or if we want to make space, but you start taking the glory for something he's done. So the word says this, that he cast them down. Verse 7. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh and set forth an example of suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Here's the third example. Not just the Israelites, not just the angels, but the Sodomites that we find in Sodom and Gomorrah. Let me say something about Lot here. Lot being Abram or Abraham's kinfolk. They, when he was there, they come to a point, and Abraham and Lot, their, their, their herds had grown so big that they actually had to separate. You all have studied this. They had to separate, and they had to do that. And Abraham says, listen, he said, you look, whichever, whichever place that you want. And he said, if you want this area, you take this area. And he, said, he said, and I'm going to take the plain. And that's what Lot said. And as he looked, he looked towards Sodom and Gomorrah, and everything looked beautiful. Everything looked great. And what Abram said is this. He said, you take, you, you take what you want. And I'll take what's left. You need to hear me. Lot took what was pleasing to his eye. Abram knew that he could take what was left because he was going forth with God. 
This is what is critical. And what you find is this, is that you cannot set your sights on Sodom. When you read more about Lot, you will find that it's where his eye was, but the next place you find him is sitting in the gate of Sodom, which was a place of judgment. If it was a place of judgment, he had forgotten God because anything was coming and going. Amen? You cannot set your sights on pornography. You cannot set your sights on the other girl, on the other man. You can't set your sights on things that are not ungodly and keep staring at them that it will not pull you into the gate. And not just you, but your family. We know what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm telling you right now, God don't play no games. We live in a time of what many will call a dispensation of grace. I can see several in Scripture, different dispensations after what I will call Steve major events, whether that would be time of Noah, whether it be looking at Abram's life, whether it be looking at Moses' life, several different dispensations. Within that, the dispensation of remnant, the dispensation of the law, other things. You can see all of that. We right now are living in what is called a dispensation of grace. And we've been enjoying that for 2,000 years. And what is happening right now is that we think, well, I'll get by with it. You see, this is the mentality, and I lived like this before. It's not sin until I get caught. I hope I just rang in somebody's bell. You don't hide nothing from God. When we get back as a church in the place of knowing how awesome he is and how incredible he is, and we get back to the place of understanding and having the right mindset of fear to where he's still Abba Father, and he still can be that God of wrath. Man, there's a healthy balance there that you have to find. But the balance is knowing is which side you're on. So we're living in this time right now where God is long-suffering. In Exodus 32 or 33, Moses said, I'm done. I'm finished. It's over. I'm tired of these stiff-necked people. I'm tired of these people. I'm paraphrasing a lot. I'm tired of these people you called me to. You can kill me. I'm finished. I'm done. And had it not been for God hiding Moses in the cleft of the rock and letting his glory pass by, had it not been for God revealing his glory, I don't know what would have happened, but Moses come to that place. I ain't going, I ain't going no further. Unless you go with me, I'm tired. Unless you go with me, I ain't going another step. By the way, I'm going to take it just a second here to tell y'all. Y'all got some people in your life that you're packing. Let them go. I do that periodically. I need to tell you to let them go and let God have them. Okay? Because he's going to do a lot better job with them than you've tried to. He will. I'm one of those people. So in the midst of this, we got all this long suffering and all of this. So we just take God for granted. He'll never do this. He'll never do that. Then what's all of these? When you've been hearing, we've been blowing this trumpet over here. Well, I told you these short blasts when we were talking about the Feast of Trumpets and different things, these, these blasts that should have been wake-up calls for us, Leisha. They should have been that. And now this real shaking that's going on and shaking this nation. And we're seeing right now that the very things that people that are trusting in economic power, that are trusting in all these things, that are trusting in this and trusting that. Brother Wayne, do you think this is working behind the scenes? I'll tell you what's working behind the scenes is the spirit of the Antichrist is working behind the scenes. You cannot, you cannot be alive today and study any piece of Scripture and not even in-depth eschatology and see that the spirit of the Antichrist is at work and one world order is right. We're right here. So how does that happen? You've got to tear down national pride and national gods in order for there to be one God. I know this is, I know y'all already know this, but can I tell you, it's all around us. Just don't let it get in us. Mm. So in all these things, when we see this, he's saying every piece of this, and we're at that very point now where we're letting anything go. 
I'm going to say something bold here, and you may not agree, and I'll probably catch some heat. And I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this scripturally tonight. The Word of God says that He made them male and female. This piece of scripture. Now, when I say this, I'm speaking this in love, and I'm going to go slow. Is that when I say this? That's what Scripture says. But when it says they go after strange flesh, when, when we tie back to the book of Romans chapter 1, and even that when they begin to do things that are unseemly, that when they begin to lust after male for male or female for female, when I say that, that's perversion. But let me tell you what else is perversion that much of the church wants to leave out. That when a man begins to lust after another woman that is not his wife, when a woman begins to lust after another man that is not her husband. See, we want to leave that out, don't we? Or when God's people start lusting after other gods. Let's just put it all in here, okay? And we can call it that. We can, we, we can say it's this. I, I could say that in my life. <clears throat> Sorry, Stephen, I told you I'd be quick. I'm working on it. That in my life, my father was an alcoholic. I do feel like that I was predisposed, if you will, that I could have been very well predisposed to, to drink, to be an alcoholic. But how many of you know that we conquer those curses in Jesus' name? Amen? Your mother, your father, anywhere through your lineage could have been this, could have been that, or it may have just showed up. It could have skipped two or three generations, could have done whatever. But whatever the lustful desire is, whatever it is that's deep-rooted in your life, you're saying, I have an issue with pornography. Can I tell you, it probably didn't start with you. Okay? We can go all the way back to the garden. We go so far. Listen, we're predisposed. We have a sinful nature. But, you know, we hear this word, and, and, and like I said, this could be controversial, and it's okay. What we want to do is that we don't want to call sin, sin anymore, and we call it an addiction. And you see, this is what happens. Well, I don't have sin. I have an addiction. I'm going to tell you all right now, I love biscuits and gravy. I got to be honest. I'm going to be straight up. I've told you all this before, and, and I mean it. I get it. Listen, do you know gluttony is a sin? Everybody like, Oh, listen, I had somebody tell me one time, so you all time talking about alcohol. You all time talking about this. You all time talking about that. Have you ever thought about gluttony? And I said, boy, I appreciate your insight. I ain't just thought about it. I've repented of it. And when that spirit hits me, I repent again. See, now y'all don't be real with nobody, but I'll be real with you. That person, <laughs> That person said, as I said, well, alcohol has been really hard on my family. Well, it don't matter. Sin's a sin. I said, yeah, but you know what? I could probably have two Big Macs get behind the wheel and make it home. But you give me a fifth of whiskey. Hello? I'm not separating sin, but what I'm telling you is this. Don't come at me like that. <laughs> don't come at me like that. I appreciate you helping me, and I mean that. That's the reason we don't need to be offended. And somebody said, I said, man, would you pray for me? I tell people, I got to work out to look like this. Y'all ought to feel great about yourself. And here's the real part, guys, that listen, here's what we've got to do when the Holy Spirit is dealing with you. What do I go to? What do I go to when I want satisfaction? Do I go to the porn site? Do I go to the bag of chips? You're saying, that is so far removed. Do I go to the wine? Hello? Don't, don't ask me. Don't ask me, is it okay if I have some wine at night? Don't ask me. You know what I'm going to tell you. Eat a bowl of Captain Crunch or something, man. Come on. Come on. I'm killing People online done with me right now. They just click me off. I love you online people. Please stay with me. I've got to make a point. For the sake of, of, for the sake of just, just being where we are, let's call it an addiction. 
Because addictions have chains. And not only will they chain you, they'll chain your family. Now see, we talk about alcohol, but what about anger? You see, this is, what, this is where we get real because anger can wreck a home, Jack. Y'all don't even know, boy. So when we begin to look at that, and by the way, I had scripture references here, Romans 1, 25 through 32. This is where I'm at. And here's the thing is that we all want to say this, we all want to say that, but we've got to call sin, sin. But can, and now if I were to equate that, if I were to say this is an addiction, then people, if I were to use this in the realm of sexual perversion, then we've got a problem. This is what I know. I know that Jesus Christ has paid for my sin, and I know that the Holy Ghost has the power to break addiction. Can somebody say amen? Amen. He has the power to do that. But let me tell you what he can't break. He can't break what you won't give him. Isn't it amazing tonight that the God, Bill, that put every one of these billions of stars, and you know, Jake, I know you study a lot of this, I know you enjoy this, and they're finding even more galaxies and more of this stuff, and I, I get out of my house at night, and I look up, and I say, Paul, are you showing off again? And Heath, I just look up there, man, there's all these stars, there's all of this, man, and I look, and I just stop, Amy said, well, you, I said, you know what I'm doing? I'm just in amazement. But the God that puts everything and puts the earth on its axis and it cannot be off one iota. If it were, man, the, the, the oceans would flood the earth. All these things would be off kilter. But he knows exactly how to set it. And we say, listen, oh no, I'm just, this just used to be an amoeba. I used to be a monkey. I used to, hello? Huh? And you mean to tell me that you can look at all of this beauty and all this splendor and everything else and you just like, it just all started with... What? That is harder for you to believe than there's a heavenly and a holy creator that created all of that and all of us. And you telling me I'm the one that's ignorant? Point. Is that the very God that put every bit of that into existence and the things that they're still experiencing? I love saying this, Jake, because one day, I don't know the Hubble telescope gets way out there. I know it gets way out there. But I hope they get one stronger than that. And finally, they get out there far enough, and there's God, and he's going to peep behind a planet, and he's going to go, that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. We're about to figure out how, how we all began. We're about to figure it out. Point. Let's call it an addiction. Let's bring it to him. There's a warning. Today, there's nothing bigger than self-addiction. Jake, will you all come? I have probably got one of the simplest Simplest answers to this that I've ever been given. Turn to somebody and say, do you know how we win the battle? Just ask them. Let me ask y'all something. How many of y'all battling something right now? Just slip your hand up. Okay. For those of you that aren't, I can get your number. I need some counselors. How do I win this battle? The Word of God says in Genesis 19, 24 through 26, if you are battling tonight, if you are battling perversion, if you are battling lust, if you are battling anger, if you are battling any of these things, you need to understand tonight that there is hope. And it's not just a temporary hope, it's an eternal hope, and that eternal hope is Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. I don't want you to come as you are and stay as you are. Neither do I want me to do that. The Word of God said, Then the Lord reigned upon Sodom and Gomorrah. I'm at 19, verses 24 through 26. Like I said, upon Sodom and Gomorrah. Why? Because He said He would. Lot and his family were there, and the brimstone and fire from the Lord out of heaven. And He overthrew those cities and all the plain that he has eyes on Luke before and all the inhabitants of the city. And by the way, if you were to look today, you cannot find, you find nothing. Sodom and Gomorrah has been completely obliterated. 
and all the inhabitants of the cities and that which grew upon the ground. Verse 26. So Lot and his family's coming out. But the word said, but his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. You've read it. You've studied it. What's that got to do with me? How can I win the battle? Write this down, please. Eric, put this up on the screen, please. Come out and don't look back. Sue, can it be that simple? Yes. Come out and don't look back. But guess what? Hell will want to do. Hell will want to. You'll hear it. But the farther you get away from hell, listen, those whispers will get fainter and fainter. He'll try to yell. He'll try to put things, he'll try to do anything and everything that he can. Come out and don't look back. Tonight, if you are in an extramarital affair, if you are in a relationship that is ungodly in any form or fashion, let the world call it addiction. Let them call it whatever, but to God it's sin. My point is this tonight. The Word said, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Can I please balance that tonight with the word grace? Somebody said, Brother Wayne, where where, where does it stop? Where does it end? Can I tell you, give me the guy every time that comes to me and says, I don't want to do what I'm doing. Will you help me? Not the person that says, I'm satisfied with what I'm doing and nothing's wrong with it. I'll take the guy every time that says, help me. So do you write that down? Come out and don't look back. What are you in right now? I know it should have been a revival message. I know it should have saved it for Sunday. No. It's for us. Come out and don't look back. All we're saturated with is self. Come out of yourself. Get over yourself. Remember that one? And don't look back. How do I do that? We walk by faith, not by sight. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that comes to him must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Come out and don't look back. What was the problem with the Israelites? Why didn't you leave us alone? We would have been better at the flesh pots of Egypt. At least we had something to eat. It's a warning. Folks online, folks in the house, it's a warning. I shouldn't question you. Say, um, you know what, can I tell you? I'll test your salvation. I'm comfortable doing that. I will tell you, I'm, I'm very comfortable doing that. Very comfortable. I want you to know who you serve. And I want you to know beyond the shadow of a doubt where you're going when you die. When you die. At your funeral, don't let people guess where you're at. Let me tell you something about death. Death brings truth. The ultimate truth. Not for others, but for you. I'm closing. Come out and don't look back. Tomorrow morning, I'm out. And I ain't looking back. Friday morning, I'm out. And I ain't looking back. Why? 
you got to work out your own salvation. It's more than just that saving point. Salvation is your life in Christ. Jesus died for your sins. He did that part. He did all of that. And I'm with you, man. And I'm telling you, I rejoice in it, man. I know. Not here, boy, to just tear that down. I'm here to build that up. But to tell you right now, let's walk this out in Him. But beloved, verse 20, Jude, Jude, verse 20, but you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm done. Good point to come out tonight. Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful tonight. And, and God, tonight, if you touch one soul, I know, God, tonight that you reinforce some things in me. And I hear you, Holy Ghost. God, tonight, let us come out, whether it's in here or online, wherever it is. God, there may be somebody struggling with sexual perversion, lust, fornication. God, addictions of any kind and all kinds. The things, God, that you call sin, maliciousness, hatred, division, envy. The list goes on and on. Those that are contrary to the fruit of the Spirit. God, tonight, let us come before you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for revealing. Would you give the Holy Ghost just a moment to reveal some things to you? You may be squeaky clean. Praise God. I don't want to put nothing on you that ain't in there at all. But, man, if the Holy Spirit is revealing it right now, let's deal with it. Let's deal with it. Let's give it to him. If you're here tonight and you're lost, I come to Jesus. (laughs) That's always here. Christians, ain't nothing wrong with a tune-up. Ain't nothing wrong with a tune-up. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Move those that you need to move. It's in your name. Amen and amen. Hey, everybody. Just wanted to thank you once again for being with us here in our worship service today and taking the time out, which I know is so valuable to you. God bless you and be encouraged. And remember, Jesus is King.